Thank you, worship team. Uh, it's always an honor to be able to share with you guys. So I'm, I'm excited about what God is going to do uh, this morning in us. And I've had a few things just like stirring in my heart for a few weeks. And I believe it's a word for our church family for the year. And I just want to encourage you this morning. And maybe this message um, is, is a look inside the way my brain works, which is terrifying and exciting all at the same time. So I'm just going to like take you through my whole process of how Jesus like spoke to me and then how I connect all of the dots. And I hope that it will make sense for you uh, in the house this morning. But uh, a couple of weeks ago during our 48 mop we did on Wednesday night, which is 48 minutes of prayer. So we kind of just gather and just like have worship music going and we just pray or read the word or whatever. Um, but during that time, uh, I was so moved by one of the songs <clears throat> called, You're Gonna Be Okay. And it's like this song of hope. And I, I was just so undone with emotion as I was thinking about our church family and the things that you guys have endured in this season. And this, this song is just talking about you're going to be okay. So it's like when the night is closing in, don't give up and don't give in. This won't last. It's not the end. It's not the end. Man, if I had Felicia's voice, I'd just sing it over you right now. You're going to be okay. Just take one step closer. Put one foot in front of the other. You'll get through this. Just follow the light in the darkness. You're going to be okay. I know your heart is heavy from those nights, but just remember that you are a fighter a fighter. You never know just what tomorrow holds and you're stronger than you know. You're stronger than you know. And then there's this beautiful bridge that says, hold on, don't let go. And it just keeps going. Hold on, don't let go. And it's I, I just began to look around and some of you weren't even there, but I was just seeing you in my mind and just thinking like, God, this is what we need. This song is the most perfect song for so many people who have just walked through hard things. And then suddenly I just felt anticipation and a promise of hope overwhelm me. And so this morning, I'm just releasing hope in the house. Hope for when things have been dry. Seemingly fruitless painful or lifeless. And as I began to think on those things in that song, I, I started thinking about like, that's, uh, that's like wilderness, you know, it's desert. And I began to just kind of think of, of so many of us in the house that, that are just dry. 
whose hearts have just been ravaged by loss and relational brokenness and physical pain and fear and weariness. And those of you who have been isolated, whether by quarantine or other physical ailments, and, and there's just been this season of, of wilderness. You know, sometimes in the church, we like to use the word season a lot. Have you heard people say that? You're just an, it's just a season, this season that I'm in. And sometimes that's weird. Somebody asked me one time, like, you guys are saying seasons a lot, and I don't understand what you're saying. So uh, just to, t- you know, how the seasons change in our physical world? When you're following Jesus, there's like spiritual seasons that you go through where it's like something's happening just for a little while, right? And so if you've been in this place of like dry, you know, it's like a wilderness season. And this morning, I want to encourage you not to despise that because as I was thinking, see, this is how my brain works, right? I hear the song, I get like all full of hope and I'm like, this is what you want to do. And I'm like, oh man, all these people, the desert, I see this picture that I'm like, what does your word say? And then I start like thinking about God's word and all of the times that there are people spending extensive time in the wilderness And then my mind was blown because you think of, if you're familiar with your Bible, you have Israel who's in the wilderness for 40 years. You have David who escapes to the wilderness. You have Elijah who goes to the wilderness two different times. You have John the Baptist in the wilderness and you have Jesus who spends 40 days in the wilderness in a desert. I mean, I get that they lived in the desert too, but these, this, these are times where they were out in a desert experiencing things. And as I thought of all of those accounts in the Bible, I realized that not one of them were left by God to fend for themselves in the desert. Not one. Even, even Israel, you know, when they're just wandering around complaining, Deuteronomy one thirty one says, and you saw how the Lord, your God cared for you all along the way as you traveled through the wilderness, just as a father cares for his child. You know, the Israelites end up in the wilderness because of their own belief in rebellion, wandering around. And yet, they have supernatural provision, manna from heaven, quail, when they complain that manna is not enough. They drink water out of a rock. And the Lord supernaturally provides for them the whole time in the desert, even though that was not the original plan for you to be out there for generations. And then... Take Elijah. There's two different times when he ends up like in a secluded wilderness place. And we're going to look at that just briefly in first Kings. I really like Elijah in the Bible. There's so many cool stories. Okay, so 1 Kings 17, this is the first time. 
And Elijah has just told King Ahab that there's going to be no rain for several years until I tell it to rain again. So that didn't go over super well with a king, you know, because rain is important for your kingdom. And so in verse 2, it says, Then the Lord said to Elijah, Go to the east and hide by the Kareth brook near where it enters the Jordan River. Drink from the brook and eat what the ravens bring you, for I have commanded them to bring you food. It's the original fast food right here. Delivery, curbside. Didn't know that was in the Bible, did you? So Elijah did as the Lord told him and camped beside the Kareth brook east of the Jordan. And the ravens brought him bread and meat each morning and evening, and he drank from the brook. But after a while, the brook dried up, for there was no rainfall anywhere in the land. So this is the first time Elijah is going to the desert, ordained by God. God tells him, go out here taken care of you, your food will be dropped off in the morning and the evening, and you've got water. Now the second time is in 1 Kings 19. And what has just happened is my favorite story in the Bible, the contest on Mount Carmel between the prophets of Baal and Elijah. And the prophets of Baal are like, let's build altars to see whose God is best, you know. And they're sneering and jeering. And Elijah's like, okay. And this is so awesome. This is why I like Elijah. I I feel like he's so relatable, right? Like he totally does God's will. But then you just see like kind of who he is. Because the prophets of Baal, they're screaming and hollering and carrying on. and, And Elijah's like, maybe your gods are in the bathroom, You know, like this is my favorite thing to teach in Sunday school because the boys are like, it's so awesome. I'm like, there's bathroom humor in the Bible. Who knew? Uh, And and he's just like poking at him. And then he, he does the unthinkable. He covers his sacrifice with water. He prays to God. Fire comes down from heaven, consumes the whole sacrifice. He rallies up all of the prophets of Baal and murders all of them. Like they're all gone. It's an incredible story, just like a total defeat and conquest over evil. It's amazing. And he is like, yeah, you know, I'm just thinking like after that, you've just got to be like, that was awesome. Now, unfortunately, the queen did not think that was awesome, and she was a pretty evil lady, and she hears about it and sends word to him and says, mark my words, you'll be dead tomorrow. And in verse 3, it says, Elijah was afraid and fled for his life. He went to Beersheba, a town of Judah, and he left his servant there. And then he went on alone into the wilderness, traveling all day. He sat down under a solitary broom tree and prayed that he might die. I've had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life, for I'm no better than my ancestors who have already died. And then he laid down and slept under the broom tree. But as he was sleeping, an angel touched him and told him, get up and eat. And he looked around, and there beside his head was some bread baked on hot stones and a jar of water. So he ate and drank, and he lay back down again. 
And then the angel does that again. So we see Elijah, once he is going to the wilderness by obedience and following the Lord. And once he's going to the wilderness because of fear and his own choosing. And yet both times, God shows up and supernaturally provides for him. And that messes me up. Because that's how good our God is. See, we can all be like, yeah, I mean, if God tells you to go to the desert, of course he's going to provide for you. But I'm moved that when God's people, by their own unbelief and fear, lack of faith, end up in a wilderness that God is still sustaining them and still meeting with them. See, in all of these people, that were spending time in the desert, came out on mission. Think about this. The nation of Israel... They leave the desert and take over the promised land and walk into who they're called to be. David leaves the wilderness and becomes the king who he's been anointed to be. Elijah, the first time he leaves the desert, he's on mission to bring rain and defeat the evil in the land. The second time he leaves the desert, he's had an incredible encounter with God at Mount Sinai and he anoints his successor and raises him up. When Jesus leaves the wilderness, he begins his ministry. Every, every one of them leaves the desert on mission. So I want to tell you this morning, don't despise your wilderness. Whether you're there because of your own unbelief or fear, your own choosing, your disobedience, or whether you are divinely planted there by God, God wants to encounter you in that place and he's doing a work in you. I believe that there's some of you in this house. I I just feel this so strongly. I hope that your faith can match mine. See, I believe some of you that have just been in this season, some of you are just going to like walk right out. It's just going to be supernatural. You're just going to be like walking right out on mission, on point. You have encountered God and you are going to begin to see that the wilderness actually prepared you for what is ahead and it's going to be amazing. Others of you are going to encounter the presence of God in the desert and it will change everything for you, even if you're not leaving that place. 
And I was thinking about the power of this. Do you know that just one rain in the desert changes everything? One good rain changes everything. All right, uh, Evan, you got my pictures up? I need the first desert, please. This is a desert in Chile. Doesn't that look inviting? (laughs) Wonderful. All right. So after it rains in Chile, this is what happens. One time, huge rain. If you, you, do you know what Google says about this? Google. I Googled what happens when it rains in the desert. I've seen these, I've read the news stories. This, these kind of things fascinate me. I will read the entire story every time, okay? But I Googled what happens when it rains in the desert. And the very first thing says, in some of the driest deserts there are, there will be monsoon-like rains that come And the land will be transformed as if it is heaven on earth. One rain changes everything in the desert. Because what happens is it's so dry and there's seeds actually underneath all that dirt and wasteland that are very, very deep. And when tons of rain are poured out on the desert, suddenly every seed is germinated at the same time and it produces a carpet of color. This is the year 2015. It was the most spectacular they had ever seen. 20,000 tourists came to see this. Because of one rain. How about the, the Judean desert, Evan? Give me that one. There's a certain amount of pretty to that, I guess, because there's hills. So this is, uh, this is the Judean desert. And one winter, they got a freak storm. And this is what happened. The whole entire thing. It was like the most freakish winter storm in the Middle East. There was snow and everything. And when it started melting away and all of the rain started subsiding, the whole desert became green. Nobody had ever seen anything like it before. And I show you these pictures because... That's super cool, and you should know about science things like that. But also, because I believe it's a picture of hope for some of you. See, some of you are going to just walk right out of the wilderness, and you can just be on your way. Some of you who are just in the wilderness season need to be reminded that it takes one encounter with Jesus to bring fresh life and beauty. Just one rain. 
It's incredible. See, just one encounter with Jesus in the desert can sustain you. It can release life into your bones in a way that is amazing. I'm going to read a scripture over you. But every time I pray for our church family this year, this is what I've come to. This is Isaiah 35. Even the wilderness and the desert will be glad in those days. The wasteland will rejoice and blossom with spring crocuses. That's a form of an iris, by the way, in case you're wondering. Beautiful flowers, okay? Yes, there will be an abundance of flowers and singing and joy. The deserts will become green as the mountains of Lebanon, as lovely as Mount Carmel or the plain of Sharon. There, the Lord will display his glory, the splendor of our God. Doesn't that sound good? With this news, so with the news that the flowers are going to bloom and there's going to be an abundance and singing and joy, with all of that news, strengthen those whose hands who have tired hands, and encourage those who have weak knees. Say to those with fearful hearts, be strong and do not fear. For your God is coming to destroy your enemies. He is coming to save you. And when he comes, he will open up the eyes of the blind And unplug the ears of the deaf. The lame will leap like deer. And those who cannot speak will sing for joy. Springs will gush forth in the wilderness. And streams will water the wasteland. The parched ground will become a pool. And springs of water will satisfy the thirsty land. Marsh grass and reeds and rushes will flourish where desert jackals once lived. We're going to stop there. I feel like the Lord would say to us, for those of you who have just been feeling that wilderness feeling. You feel like you've been roaming around in the desert land. To hold on with hope. That wasteland will rejoice and blossom with flowers. There will be singing and joy again. There will be a transformation that happens. So, man, if you have tired hands or weak knees, take courage. If you are struggling with fear, your heart has been so overcome with fear, be strong and do not fear. 
for your God is coming. He's coming. And then the whole next part, I want to encourage you. Man, we got to be on mission. We got to come out of this season where we experience the rain and the transformation of Jesus, and then we do something about that. What does that mean? The blind eyes will be opened. The deaf ears will be unplugged. The lame will walk. Springs will begin to gush forth in the wilderness. We are called to be supernatural people that release heaven on earth everywhere we go from our home to the nations. This is who we are. This is the vision. The vision is not to say, I am in a dry and weary land, and then I'm going to have rain, and then I'm just going to be beautiful and live my happy life. Jesus did not die on the cross for you to just live a sweet, happy life. He died on the cross so that we could expand his kingdom everywhere so that every human on this planet could come into the knowledge and saving power of Jesus Christ. How are we going to do that? We have to live supernaturally. We are going to be people who share our faith unashamedly, who lay hands on the sick and see them recover. We're going to see blind eyes open. We're going to see the deaf ears unplugged. Jesus told us to do these things. It's the great commission. That's who we're called to be. A supernatural people. On mission for Jesus. And every wilderness that we go through preps us for that moment. And so don't despise the wilderness. Don't despise the weariness of the day in and day out of pain and and waiting and dryness and seemingly fruitfulness, fruitlessness. Because Jesus wants to encounter you in that place. And when you have an encounter with Jesus, just one rain, it wrecks you. It just makes me undone. And then I'm like, somebody has to know about this. Because it's not just for me. All of the things that Jesus is doing in your heart is so that you can take it to the world around you. Your workplace needs a supernatural person in there releasing heaven on earth. Your coworker who has the ailment that has plagued them for years. What if Jesus put you there so they could be healed? You are a supernatural person. You are designed for this. We are coming out of a wilderness season to be on mission. And you know what else happens when it says this? It says springs gush forth in the wilderness. That means that even in the wilderness, there can be supernatural things being released in us and in the people around us. 
So if I'm on mission to release the supernatural in people's lives, look, that doesn't mean you, you're still going to do it in the way God made you to be. Okay? You're not all just going to be televangelist style, like walking in tomorrow to work and being like, in the name of Jesus. I have something to share. I mean, some of you might. Maybe God's just going to like <laughs> overtake you and you're going to be wrecked. So don't, don't think like, oh, geez, now we all have to do this thing. Yes, you do. But it may look like hanging out at lunch with somebody who's sharing their hopeless situation. And you say, I know someone who can fix that. And you tell them about Jesus. It may be the terrifying moment in the grocery store when you're like, oh, I just need to pray for that person. It might be in your home. See, you're called to release the kingdom of heaven everywhere to your children, to your spouse. We should be living supernatural in our marriage just as much as we are when we're at church. We should be discipling our children making disciples in our home just as much as we're making disciples everywhere else. See, Jesus has mission for you. And sometimes that just looks like parenting. But doing it in a supernatural way. Sometimes it looks like just being faithful at your job. Sometimes it looks like being the only guy on the rig who doesn't use the same language as everyone else. Or anywhere else for that matter. But it also looks like laying hands on the sick and seeing them recover. I mean, this is for everybody. Like, go ahead, just look at your hand for a second. I just want you to. Just keep looking at it. That hand right there, that hand can heal the sick because of Jesus in you. Not because you're awesome and you have some mega power. Because the Spirit of God resides in you. Because Jesus said... Lay your hands on the sick and they will recover. Go into all the world and preach the good news. See, I just want to release hope today. Some of you just need to be shaken a little bit because what happens in the desert when you're really dry is you kind of lose your sense. Has anybody ever been dehydrated? Man, I get grumpy. So I, I need water and I need food. And usually if I start getting grumpy, those are, those are the first things to check, right? 
And when you're dehydrated and then you're grumpy about it, you don't always think with your best mind. Has anybody been there? Is this just me? So if you're walking through a wilderness season and it's been a little dry, see, sometimes we we lose our thinking, right? And suddenly it just becomes about, I just need to survive this day. If I, if I can just make it through this, right? Because, see, like, if you were trapped in a real wilderness, at some point that's how your body naturally goes. Like, you just are in survival mode. Like, what, what can I do to stay alive today? And in the spirit, or in our, in our lives, when we just feel like everything is dry and everything is hard and it's just wasteland and it's all pointless, you can start living every day like... Okay, God, I trust you. I love you. Let's make it through today. That's all I want to do is just survive because I'm thirsty and I'm hungry and I'm grumpy. That's not the way we were designed to live. Because when Jesus shows up, even the wilderness and the desert will be glad. And the wasteland will rejoice and blossom. There will be abundance of flowers and singing and joy. That's so much more than survival. It's abundance. Greg, you weren't in here. I'm going to read this over you. With this news of the desert blooming and hope coming, strengthen those who have tired hands and encourage those with weak knees. I pray right now for encouragement to cover your soul. That there is hope coming and the desert season will be coming to an end for you. Be encouraged by the hope of that. Those with weak knees, take, take hope up today. I believe it's coming for you, Greg. I believe there's a breakthrough on its way. Be strong and do not fear, for your God is coming to destroy your enemies. He is coming to save you. Thank you, Jesus. And when you come, you'll release the supernatural. You were made for more than survival. You were made for abundance. We are called as Living Way Church to be a people, a community. That no matter what season we're in, we will be supernatural people, a supernatural community who releases heaven on earth everywhere, from our home to the nations and everything in between. That's who we are. That's what we're going for. 
we're in the wilderness, we're going for streams gushing forth (laughs) in the middle of the wilderness because it only takes one rain to change everything. One encounter with Jesus can rock your whole world. Even if you're still out there in the desert, there can be a supernatural beauty released. So I want you to stand. It's short today. But we might do a different response than normal. I feel like there's some of you in here that just need hope. That it's like you're just, your current life situation wants you to partner with hopelessness every single day because you're just weary and you're worn out. And it feels like your whole heart is ravaged because of all of the mess, whether that's relational conflict, pain, stress, transition, whatever it is that you are struggling to stand in hope. Like you, you're just like, I just want to make it through this day and I don't know if it's ever going to get better. If that, if that is your mindset where you just kind of are in this place, like, I don't know if this is ever going to get better. I guess this is just my lot in life. This is just the way it's going to be from now on. I want to pray for you. I believe that the Lord wants to release hope in you. And secondly, I believe there's some of you that the Lord is stirring your heart right now to remind you that there's something more. That you are called to be on mission. That maybe you're not in a desert place and you're just doing your life and you're just living your little happy life, but you you have no purpose and no mission and you have forgotten that you are living for something more, that you are made for the great commission, that Jesus has a mission for you in your place in life and you are to do it. Maybe you're in the wilderness and you just need that, that one rain. And that's going to send you on mission. And it's going to release beauty in the middle of the desert. But if any of those are, are you, I'm going to just ask you to be super, super brave this morning and come forward because I want to lay hands on you and I want to release something into your life. So if you need hope this morning, if you just need on mission this morning, I just want to pray over some of you. You can turn on some music or something for us, Dad. And you know, for some of you, I would just say, hold on, don't let go. I feel like some of you need to know you're seen. That God sees you in the super hard place. You've been swallowed up and you feel unseen. You feel like no one knows how hard it really is, how lonely it truly is, how dry it really is. And I just want you to know that the Lord sees you. He sees you. 
He is El Roi, the God who sees you. And he wants to meet you in that place. There is hope for your situation. There is a call on your life. You can and will be a supernatural minister of the good news of Jesus. So I'm just going to pray over you guys. If you guys want to stand out there and just kind of pray over them too, or just receive whatever the Lord is speaking to you. God has something to say to everyone in the house today. Jesus, right now, we thank you for releasing hope. In Jesus' name, Lord, I thank you for fresh hope being released. Lord, I thank you that the desert will bloom. The desert will bloom. There will be joy and freedom. In Jesus' name, I declare hope over you. I thank you, Jesus, for fresh vision and passion. Thank you, Lord, that there's life coming to the dry places. In Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you for your presence. That one rain in the desert changes everything. Lord, I thank you that what has felt hopeless will now be filled with hope. Thank you for streams bubbling up. For where there was death, there will be life. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for hope. Thank you for an awakening happening in all of our hearts. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for fresh mission. For fresh mission and for hope in the places that have felt hopeless. Take heart. Take heart. You're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. Lord, thank you. Thank you for hope. Thank you, God, for clarity of mission, for releasing your goodness and an encounter with your love in Jesus' name. We release hope. In a dry and weary land, we call forth the streams in the desert. Jesus, thank you for releasing your presence. Thank you, Lord, that an encounter in the desert changes everything. One encounter. One encounter in the desert. You are seen. Your heart, your giftings, they're seen. May there be streams released in the desert. 
May you suddenly be like a well-watered garden covered in beauty. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Lord, thank you for releasing hope. It's not hopeless. It's not the end. You're going to be okay. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for strength. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to just release hope over you. Hope to take, to believe God is who he says he is. In Jesus' name. Lord, thank you for fresh mission. Thank you for an encounter in the desert place. Where there's beauty springing up where it once was dry. Thank you, Lord, for your presence being released. Lord, thank you that you are a good God and that you have good things in store for your people. Even if we find ourselves in a wilderness, whether by our own choosing or by you or just circumstances, God, we say this morning we will be a people who hold on to hope, that we will be people who are on mission for you, that we will be unapologetically supernatural in our lifestyle, in our marriages, as parents, in our finances, in our workplaces, in our grocery shopping. Lord, that we would be connected and so in love with you, Jesus, that we just are on mission everywhere we go. Lord, awaken our hearts once again. Lord, uh, just shake us out of the mundane of every day or survival mode, or I'm just going to make it through. Spark our hearts with new ideas and with wisdom and with fresh insight and with passion. Lord, give us eyes to see beyond our own pain and our own stuff so that we can see those around us and release your hope to them. Lord, I thank you for just uncapping any wells that have just been stuffed up inside of us. Maybe that's where our dryness has come from is we haven't let you fully explode in us with streams of living water. But we invite you today to saturate our hearts, to saturate our minds, and to unblock our spirits so that we can be fully engaged on mission with you, Jesus. Lord, we love you. And we thank you that you are a good God. May every heart experience the encouragement and hope of your word today. I thank you that we are not left alone. That you are faithful to care for all of your people and sustain us in every place. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. If you still need prayer, our leaders will come up. If you were like, oh man, I really wanted prayer, but I didn't want to come up front. It's not too late. Come get some prayer. Uh, We'd be happy to pray for you. Uh, If you're not going to stay for prayer, we do have a lunch. 
down in the gathering room. It's down the hall to the next uh, double doors there. We invite you to stay for lunch. Uh, we'll be getting that all set up, and uh, we'll have a, a, a meeting after our lunchtime, so please stay.